By focusing on these indicators of progress, you are creating better feeling emotions. You are no longer relying on the scale to give you permission to have a good day or not. You learn how to have a good day by controlling your thoughts and focusing on the good. You learn how to create and sustain your own motivation independent of what the scale says. This type of mindset work is a skill that anyone can learn. Hi, I'm Dr. Morgan Nolte, founder of Zivli. As a geriatric physical therapist, I saw the heartbreaking effects of insulin resistance. At Zivli, our mission is to help you prevent and reverse insulin resistance for long-term weight loss and disease prevention through a low insulin and inflammation lifestyle. Each week on this podcast, you'll learn simple, actionable tips to lose weight, keep it off, and get healthy. If you're ready to create a body and life you love, you're in the right place. Let's get started. In today's weight loss mindset tip episode, we're talking about detaching your self-worth from the number on the scale. Anyone who's ever tried to lose weight has probably experienced attachment to their weight and a strong desire to see their hard work paying off on the scale. You wait for a good day to go to the bathroom, strip down to nothing, adjust your weight side to side on the scale, all in hopes that you'll see the lowest possible number. Sound familiar? But what you may not recognize is that mental attachment to a number on the scale is actually counterproductive to long-term weight loss. This attachment could look like feeling really discouraged after stepping on the scale and not seeing any downward progress. It could look like seeing no change on the scale at all and feeling frustrated because you're doing everything in your power to lose weight and nothing is happening. In fact, sometimes you gain a pound or two from last week and you think, what's the point? Why am I doing this anyway? Attachment can also manifest as a behavior change when you do lose weight. For example, seeing a lower number and then overeating that day or weekend. A lot of our Zivli members come to us with a Weight Watchers background. Now, especially if they have experience with in-person meetings, they may have an overemphasis on the number. I've heard of people feeling shamed by their Weight Watchers coach because they weighed in and didn't lose weight or didn't lose a lot, and they would tell their coach that they did all they could, and their coach would give them a little side glance like, did you really though? And instead of celebrating non-scale victories, consistency, and lessons they learned, there was an overemphasis on the number. Instead of troubleshooting limiting thoughts, their response added to the emotional baggage. If you've had an experience like this or another example of attachment to the scale, let us know in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. I don't know about you, but I always want to see consistent progress. And it can be so frustrating when you feel like you're putting in the work and still not making progress, or at least you're not making the progress as fast as you want. I've done several coaching calls where people are very frustrated at slow weight loss. And then I look at their numbers and I think, this is fantastic. Same numbers, completely different story and emotional response. I usually say something like, you're losing half a pound to a pound a week. Where did you get this belief that you had to lose more than that a week to be successful? 
Even if you lost less than that a week, if you were still learning and being consistent with one to three action items, I consider that as a success. Unfortunately, what happens is people often get discouraged and think, well, what's the use of this anyways? I'm just going to give up. Or maybe I'm destined to be this size. Or maybe I'm too broken to really fix what needs to be fixed to lose the weight I want to lose. For so many people, the scale has been a sign of failure more so than success. I know that because 95% of diets fail. So that means that 95% of people who have tried to lose weight either aren't able to do it or aren't able to lose it and keep it off. So that means that likely 95% of people listening to this episode have had some sort of negative experience with the scale. Plus, there's all sorts of mixed information on how often you should even weigh yourself in the first place. Some people swear by weighing every day for self-accountability. I've had a member who weighed herself multiple times a day and then adjusted her plan throughout the day because she had such a hyper focus on the scale. And in fact, I was able to interview that member on the podcast. Her name is Shanna, and we'll link to that episode in the description and on the end screen so you can watch it next. I've also had people who would rather pretend the scale doesn't exist so they can continue with unhealthy habits. Again, They are afraid of stepping on the scale because of the story they tell themselves about what that number means. Maybe you're fat, you're a failure, no one's going to love you. All this nasty internal dialogue that's not true. I really think the best relationship with the scale is one that's pretty neutral. It's detached from an emotional response or story that comes from the meaning you give it. The best way to know if you have an attachment problem to a number on the scale is by paying attention to your emotions. How do you feel when there's a certain number that you really want to see on the scale that you're not seeing yet? It's interesting how 200 pounds to one person could mean something wildly different to another. Maybe there's a certain number that you really would like to get below, like 250, 200, or 150. You could also be attached just to progress in general. So you might not care as much about what the number actually says as you do about the downward trend. You likely have an amount in your mind, often subconsciously, about how much you want to see it go down each week, like a half a pound, a pound, or even two pounds. And if you don't see it going down, you get frustrated, discouraged, confused, and impatient. I've had to deal with a lot of these conversations because our Zibli program is not a quick fix weight loss solution. It is a lifestyle and mindset change that requires inner work. The weight usually comes off slower because their efforts are focused on thought and habit change, not white knuckling their way through a diet. And if people have come to us from other diet backgrounds where the weight comes off fast, They think that slow weight loss means something isn't working. To help you visualize this attachment to the scale and to start to overcome it, I want you to imagine a piece of paper folded in half. On the left-hand side of the paper, there is one big circle, and on the right side of the paper, there are two small circles, and they're separate. 
a lot of people that we have worked with tend to have their weight and self-worth in the same circle. This usually is on a subconscious level and they aren't even aware of it. So if their weight is doing what they want it to do, there is a certain story they tell themselves subconsciously that they are more worthy of love, attention, and happiness. These positive emotions spur more motivation because they are seeing progress. They are externally motivated by progress on the scale and demotivated by a lack of progress on the scale. So when the progress stops, their motivation wanes and they can get off track and regain the weight. But they're not really attached to the number itself. They're attached to the meaning they are giving the number on the scale on a subconscious level. This meaning can come from all sorts of places. It usually started in childhood by external influences like a mom or grandma. I still remember running up the stairs at my grandma and grandpa's house, eating some sort of sugar because I had a lot of sugar growing up. And my grandma hollered, if you keep eating like that, you're going to be as big as a house. Maybe they always commented on how nice the skinny girls looked or only complimented you or gave you positive attention when you looked thin. Or maybe you noticed that the guys in your class only went after the really thin girls and that imprints to your subconscious mind that you are only worthy of positive attention when you're thin. Or maybe it was simply the fact that all of the Disney princesses and all of the models in the magazines were thin. I think society is becoming more accepting of different colors and shapes and sizes, but at least when I was growing up, we weren't there yet. And certainly when most of our Zivli members who are now in their 40s and 50s and 60s grew up, we were definitely not there yet. So as a society, we have historically been obsessed with how we look on the outside and have far overlooked how we feel on the inside. We have linked self-worth with weight and appearance, and it's time to unlink those two things. So if this is really resonating with you, what I would encourage you to do is go through this journal exercise. On one page of your journal, draw a line down the middle. On the left-hand side, draw a big circle, and in that big circle, write the words weight and worth. Then on the right-hand side of the paper, draw two separate circles. In one circle, write the word weight. In the other, write the word worth. You now have separated them visually. This whole belief that your weight and your worth are linked is not true. But we hold on to so many beliefs like that that don't serve us and then cause unnecessary negative emotions. Your weight is simply a number. It is neutral. It is like any other number in the world. It just gives us information. And it's our job to responsibly interpret that information in a way that's emotionally healthy. So think about the meaning or the story that you're telling yourself when you see no progress, quote unquote, on the scale. Pretend like the thought is a tangled ball of yarn in your head and you're going to pull on the thread to unwind it. Extrapolate the thought and then ask yourself, where did this belief come from? Is this even true? Is this rational? Is this serving me? If not, choose what you want to think instead and practice thinking that in your mind. We encourage thinking about the scale as just data, like a compass to a ship captain. It's there to let you know if you need to turn your ship a little bit to reach your destination. 
you don't need to get your blood drawn every day and obsess day to day about what your triglyceride readings are. So why obsess over your weight every day? Your energy is better used focusing on what you can control, which are your thoughts, emotions, and actions that create the number in the first place. So after you've journaled through the left side of the paper, it's time to work through the right. Start with your worth. Think about where you actually get your self-worth. This will depend on your own personal beliefs, which is fantastic. I believe in God, so I believe my worth is innately in me as a child of God. I believe God loves me and accepts me unconditionally. His love never changes. It is the same no matter what I do. It is the same no matter my weight. God always loves, therefore I am always loved and worthy. That's how I think about it. You may think about it completely differently, which is fantastic and totally fine. But the goal is to think about it and choose for yourself where you get your self-worth. The more detached I am from a number on the scale, the more attached I can be to where my self-worth truly comes from. And maybe it's not so much a self-worth as a self-esteem problem for you. Maybe you know in your soul that you are worthy of all of the love and good in this world, but it's more a self-confidence and self-love problem. If that's the case, just use the same exercise, but instead of writing self-worth, write self-esteem. Then write out all the things that give you self-worth or self-esteem. Maybe you really like how you treat your family, or you like your work ethic, your smile, your eyes, your faith, your generosity, how you love your kids, how you look in a certain color that brightens your face. We are hardwired as humans to look for the negative because it's our survival mechanism. We've all had days where 99% of the things went right, but we come home and we can't stop thinking about the 1% of things that went wrong or didn't go so well. And we fail to think about the 99% of things that went right. So start looking for what's right, what's going well, instead of your weight that's not where you want it to be. You may be used to focusing on what's not going right, what you or other people are doing wrong. But this is not an effective mindset to elicit positive change and better feeling emotions that are required to sustain that change. This may not be the most comfortable journaling exercise for you, but remember, change happens outside of your comfort zone. Your muscles don't grow and change at the gym when you lift light weights. That doesn't challenge you. You only get sore when you get uncomfortable. You only grow emotionally when you face emotionally uncomfortable situations. And being positive, being kind to yourself no matter your weight, may be emotionally weird and uncomfortable. The truth is that you won't be healthy until you feel healthy. You won't feel healthy until you think healthy. A healthy body starts with healthy thoughts, a healthy self-worth and self-esteem. Self-worth or self-esteem needs to be in its own circle, not tied with the number on the scale. There is so much more to love and appreciate about yourself than a number on the scale. You are worthy just because you are you. You are worthy of your own time. You are worthy of your own energy. You are worthy of love from yourself and others just because you are. You don't have to wait until you see a certain number on the scale to feel worthy of your own love or to feel worthy of someone else's love. I know this is true 
because I've spoken to people who have reached their weight loss goal, but the reality didn't match their expectation. They thought they would feel a lot more attractive, or they thought they would feel more comfortable in their own skin than they actually felt at their goal weight. Yes, they felt healthy. Yes, they could do all they wanted to do physically, but they still wanted to lose more weight from an aesthetic standpoint, which is totally fine. The point is that we often attach meaning to numbers, and that story does not always come to fruition. Another excellent example comes from a podcast interview with one of our members, Cynthia. When this episode goes live, hers is not out yet, but she said that she weighs a little bit more now than a year and a half ago when she joined Zivli because she's stronger. But she looks at herself now with so much love and appreciation because she has been working so hard on her mental health for the last year and a half. So she doesn't weigh anything less on the outside, but she weighs so much less on the inside. And that has affected how she views her body on the outside. So those are just two examples of how the number on the scale is really just a number. It's all about what meaning we are giving that number. If you don't like your weight and aren't sure what else could boost your self-worth or self-esteem, find other things you do like about yourself. So start on your thoughts. Be your biggest cheerleader. Look for things you love about yourself and that you're proud of in your everyday actions. Losing weight won't make you love yourself more. That is a lie. You have to learn how to love yourself all the way down. That way you can learn how to guard your mind against your own insecurities and negativities, including those that arise when you weigh yourself. I'd really encourage you to work to develop a more neutral and detached relationship with the scale. I don't care how often you weigh yourself as long as it's not contributing to negative emotions and getting you out of your healthy habits. The problem with experiencing these negative emotions is many people who struggle to lose weight also struggle with emotional eating, and a strong cue for emotional eating is negative emotions. Think about when you're stressed or when you're tired or when you're frustrated. You don't tend to think, oh my gosh, I could really use some broccoli right now. That's because those negative emotions elicit cortisol, one of your stress hormones, and elevated cortisol increases a hormone called neuropeptide Y or NPY. And this hormone causes a preferential craving towards refined carbohydrates or things that taste sweet. I have seen people whose lives have been drastically changed because of the obsession they have with the scale or their body appearance. So much of their mental energy has been spent on the meaning they gave to a number on the scale. That energy could have been put to better use, fulfilling other desires in other areas of life. And this life is so precious. We want you to make the most of it. Of course, that includes improving your health, but the scale is only one marker, one indicator of progress. There are so many more. Develop the skill of looking for the good in you and celebrating your non-scale victories. This is part of our daily mindset routine that we teach Zivli members. Each day, reflect on one health-related win from the last 24 hours. Did you go to the gym? Did you lift heavier or walk faster? 
Did you finally schedule that counseling session for your mental health? Did you say no to a sweets at a party? Did you not emotionally eat after dinner? Are your clothes fitting better? By focusing on these indicators of progress, you are creating better feeling emotions. You are no longer relying on the scale to give you permission to have a good day or not. You learn how to have a good day by controlling your thoughts and focusing on the good. You learn how to create and sustain your own motivation independent of what the scale says. This type of mindset work is a skill that anyone can learn. If you want help with weight loss or getting healthy, be sure to check out our coaching options linked below. We'll link to Shanna's interview and the weight loss mindset tip playlist on YouTube in the podcast description too. As always, please take a moment to subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or follow if you're listening to the podcast. And let me know your big takeaways in the YouTube comments, or you can send us a direct message on Instagram. Our handle is at Zipli. I'll talk with you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Reshape Your Health podcast today. To learn more about Zibli, our online course and coaching program to reverse insulin resistance for long-term weight loss and disease prevention, check out our website at www.zibli.com. That's Z-I-V-L-I.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a rating and review on your listening platform and share it with a friend. I'll talk with you at the same time, same place next week. Bye for now.